0: horror fans out there. This is Betty Jo Tucker thanking you for tuning in to Movie Attic Headquarters. We have a special halloween theme show today, and we're so glad that horror expert A.J. Hockery agreed to be our de- guest. You know, A.J., also known as the Mad Movie Man, uh, has agreed to rant and rave with us about horror flicks set in snowy locations, and I'm just looking out my window, and I see a a gray sky, and and it just looks like maybe we'll be getting some of that uh, white powdery stuff that that scares me so so much when I'm watching a movie. I'm very eager to hear A.J.'s thoughts about chiller thrillers, and uh, especially after recently seeing a film called The Colony, which takes place during a, a during an ice age, which is you know, engulfs the world, and everybody has to uh, live and eke out an existence underground, except they do have to go out uh, every once in a while, and that's where the horror starts. And that movie, "The Colony," is being released on DV today, DVD today. I'm also very eager to find out A.J.'s picks for our first movie Attic Headquarters chiller thriller awards and he'll be announcing those later during the during the program but before bringing aj on let's check with nikki to see if she's ready to help with the show nikki are you all bundled up and is it warm enough for (laughs) listeners in the chat room it's warm in the chat room and it's just raining here no snow so (laughs) no snow yet Narnia, Narnia will come soon, right? I can't wait. <laughs> I know you can't wait for that. Well, if it does, I'm glad it's warm in the chat room. But if it does get cold in there, you know, as we're talking about these uh, scary wintry movies, don't forget to offer our chatters uh, some delicious hot cocoa. Oh, we're Yeah, because we always appreciate the people who sign up to chat as well as our other listeners. And of course, we appreciate the Mad Movie Man for being with us. AJ, before we get into our chiller thrillers discussion, why don't you tell us about the horror-thon you're running on your CineSlice site?
1: Uh, Thanks for having me on, uh, Betty Joe. Always glad to be here. Uh, yeah every uh year for the past few years or so I've done a, a month long uh, review a day horrorthon all first time mm. viewings of uh, first time viewing stuff i've never seen before and uh since this is the second year I've done it for uh CineSlice, my personal blog and since last year I did uh all eighties horror movies uh this year it's all seventies horror movies now un- unfortunately i've kind of hit of a bit of a snag because uh, I've had some computer issues and I'm trying to find a, a replacement one, and I did find one yesterday, but that one's not working, so now I've got to take that back. So I haven't been able to update it since about uh, Thursday or so, but uh, this, the, all the reviews I've done so far this year for this year's Horathon are up there, as well as, you know, you can go into the archives and always look at uh, last year's stuff, all the 80's Horathon stuff. But uh, hopefully oh, yeah. within the within the next few days, I'll have my computer issues resolved. I've got some uh, rough drafts or reviews uh, just waiting for me to work on and post. So you can look forward to stuff like uh, the Cat and the Canary, the 1978 version with Olivia Hussey, uh, yeah. Doctor Fibes Doctor Fibes Rises Again, uh, Tales of the Witness Madness, and just a lot of good stuff coming later this month. So uh, yeah, if you wanted to check it out. Uh, Cineslice spelled C-I-N-E-S-L-I-C-E dot WordPress dot com.
0: Well, I hope uh, that um, Nikki will put that in the chat room because uh, since this is uh, Halloween and horror is in the air, I hope that our listeners will will check out your uh, reviews on your site, and especially these reviews that you've done for your horror-thon. So uh, uh, go through that URL again, AJ. All
1: right, it's C-I-N-E-S-L-I-C-E dot WordPress dot com.
0: And that's Cinna Slice. Well, that word has ice in it, I-C-E, so <laughs> that's, uh-huh. that's appropriate. uh see you did there. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? Um, maybe these uh, Halloween gremlins have attacked your technology, so... I certainly hope that uh, that you do get rid of them, or they jump they jump out you know out of their skins, being afraid of what you're going to do to them if they don't. So so that you can continue with your with your horror-athon. Uh Oh, I probably should remind listeners about your other qualifications i know you've been on the on our show you're practically a member of the family but we may have some new listeners so um i want them to know that you're a member of the online film critics society and you write reviews for not just your own um blog but for uh, such diverse outlets as terror tube review express classic movie guide and real talk movie reviews now did i leave anything out aj
1: Yep, I, there is one site. I also do uh, occasional uh, Blu-ray reviews for uh, DVDactive.com.
0: Oh yes, right. Sorry that I forgot about that, and I and, and I no usually problem. mention that you that you have been uh, bitten by the acting bug. So um, I I will let the listeners know that you uh, f- just finished uh, what about a month ago with uh, a theater production of Spamalot, and have you recovered from that yet?
1: I have some of the, some of the routines and the lines and stuff are still stuck in my head, but it, it, it's not a bad thing. It, once again, it was a, it was a really awesome run. We could have done another week of shows. It was one of the most fun shows I've ever been involved with.
0: I'm so glad that you were able to do that and that that you enjoyed it. I'm just sorry that I wasn't able to see it, but thank you for the wonderful photos that you sent uh, to me. It's so great to have you here. And so as our horror expert, maybe you can help me with this. There's something very scary to me about most snowy horror films. Now, why do you think that a setting of snow and ice enhances horror movies so much.
1: I think it's um it's mostly a psychological thing because uh yeah. I know when I when I think of snow, I think of, you know, being stuck in a cabin or something or being out in the wilderness and just snowbound and isolated and all alone and just about powerless to do anything or go anywhere for help if something bad happens. And I think uh, a lot of people share that Uh, same mindset, but also you know, just just the visuals of ice and snow and the blizzards and all that stuff it kind of produces this like, uh, chilling effect in your head, you know you just kind of feel cold looking at it, you know, it's like, a horror movie set on Christmas would be like twice as terrifying as a horror movie set at a luau, just because of all those different psychological elements brought to the table, and I think that and I'm not not every horror movie involved with Snow has to deal with isolation, but, you know, the best ones do, and they are the successes that they are for a reason, and I think that has a lot to do with it.
0: Oh, I agree with you. If done right, these uh... – chiller thriller, thrillers that we like to call them, do make you feel the cold uh, through your entire body. And I'm getting very, very cold right now just <laughs> thinking about these movies. And, you know, I I know there have been a lot of them made, and um, I didn't do very much research on them. But I just thought of the ones that I knew something about, and I was surprised uh, that I came up with so many. So just just quickly, these these popped into my head: Thirty Days of Night, Black Christmas, Cold Prey, The Colony, which I already mentioned, Dead of Winter, Dead Snow, The Frozen Ground, The Gray, Let Me In, Let the Right One In, Misery, Ravenous, The Shining, The Thing wind chill and the last winter and uh, so that's just you know a handful of of the types of movies that we're talking about today which brings me to my next question what movies would you pick as your top 5 chiller thrillers and why
1: all right my top 5 and this is in uh, no particular order i didn't rank these but i picked five really good ones so In any case, you know, I'm not not playing favorites here, just all of these are really awesome movies worth seeking out. Uh, The first one I didn't realize until just about the last minute, and I'm kind of kicking myself for not thinking of this one right off the bat, considering it's one of my favorite uh, 80s horror movies, and that is uh, John Carpenter's The Thing, where you have uh, Kurt Russell and all those uh, scientists at the Antarctic base, and, you know, they stumble upon this one dog who comes in, but he's not a dog. There's something weird about this little guy and turns out to be an alien who basically envelops and becomes his victims. And when he's caught in like mid-transformation or anything, the results are just, just gut-churning and just gross and groody and just really awesome. But uh, it's one of those movies that's suspenseful and uh, scary. One, because of those... Uh, really out there creations and all the monster effect and stuff. <clears throat> uh, sorry, but uh, it's also scary because uh, John Carpenter plays up the suspense and the paranoia of, like, you know, who is an alien? You know, if he can look like and sound like and feel like anybody, like, who can you really trust? And he really played up on the paranoia of the premise to, like, to amazing effect, I thought.
0: Well, that's a that's a great pick. I, I really... Um got frightened in, in that movie. And it's been made um, more than once. Am I right about that?
1: Yep. The uh, version of The Thing was the uh, second one, and uh, John Carpenter set it out to be closer to the original source novel, which is called uh, Who Goes There. There was the one in the 50s, I believe, with uh, The Thing from Another World with James Arness as the walking space vegetable. That's kind of the goofy scientific <laughs> explanation they gave for that one. And then I uh, in 2011, <laughs> yep, when he had the big bald head and the foil suit and everything, like it's it's mm-hmm. still a fun movie. I can't I can't hate that one, but I can uh, reg on the 2011 uh, sort of remake slash prequel of the thing that uh, went went into the story behind uh, what happened at the Norwegian camp that uh, Kurt Russell and the gang revisited in the Carpenter movie, but it was just. It was too heavy on like really dumb predictable jump scares and a lot of the cg just kind of ruined the effect you know with the with the shadow of the original movie and its uh practical effects kind of hanging above it it just couldn't even come close to comparing
0: and so the kurt russell uh, the one with kurt russell that gets your approval and is on your top five so what what's your next one
1: all right, and uh the next one is, you know, I believe it's one you mentioned, The Shining, the 1980 version with Jack Nicholson. And uh that one that one liked the thing, you know, played on a lot of paranoia and psychological horror over, you know, kind of visual thrills because here's a movie that, you know, Kubrick set up to be told through uh, told in great part through a man who's kind of an unreliable Narrator, you know he has a he has a uh, disturbing psychological background. Uh, Jack Nicholson's character is, and so a lot of the stuff that happens, you know, supposedly with the ghost, like could be in his head, or and a lot of the stuff could be in uh, the character's head. It's just kind of that damaged of a background that these characters have, with only like one explicitly a supernatural or or one event that could only have uh, taken place through the supernatural, you know, as pointed out in uh, Room 237, the recent documentary that's all about The Shining and all these different crazy theories (laughs) as to what it's all about. But, yeah, just, but whatever in any case, you know, The Shining is a terrifying movie just because even if there are no ghosts, there's still a uh, frothing at the mouth, Jack Nicholson chasing you around with an axe, and that's about scary enough, I would say.
0: <laughs> what a performance. <laughs> wow. That, that one, uh, you'll find out, well, I, I will reveal that is on that definitely is on my list, too, but I'll talk a little bit more about that after we hear the rest of your top five. But so far, good choices.
1: All right, my uh, third choice is is a kind of an underrated movie. You know, it's it has a following amongst horror fans, and it's a great dark comedy, and, uh, and this another kind of really gross uh, horror flick when you get down to it. And that's nineteen ninety nine's *Ravenous*, and it's got a uh, Guy Pierce. I believe it's set during the the Mexican American War, the Civil War. I think. I'm so. not quite. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but yeah, he's kind of this. Uh, Coward who like you know he through through his cowardice he ended up uh, winning this battle for uh, his uh, for the army but his superiors found out about it and sent him to this really isolated fort out in the I think the Sierra Nevadas I want to say and uh, at this fort you know Robert Carlyle comes along as this mysterious guy who turns out to be a cannibal and there and with all these different soldiers there who have who already have all this stuff wrong with them. They're all a little bit on edge and have their own checkered past. You know, the Carlisle character kind of plays on their fears and their isolation and tries to turn them all to cannibalism, and uh, Guy Pierce fights back. And it's funny, it's violent, it's over the top, but I, it's really entertaining. Like in, It's just a really awesome movie, Ravenous.
0: No comment until we talk about the worst horror films.
1: <laughs> uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh-oh.
0: Uh-oh. <laughs> oh. Uh oh. Uh no. Already So, so <laughs> no. we no. have Come the shining, on. the thing and ravenous. And what's your fourth? Top. Right, my um, fourth my fourth thriller. one
1: I'm at yeah, my fourth one I'm gonna go back to the classics on this one for uh 1957's The Abominable Snowman. Yeah, with uh, with uh, I believe Peter Cushing as a botanist, and then Forrest Tucker from uh, F Troop is kind of this American showman type, and uh, Peter Cushing is looking for this rare flower in the Himalayas, and but Forrest Tucker has other things on his mind. He's looking for the abominable snowman up there, and uh, the the beauty of this movie is is that there's you don't if there is a monster, you don't see much of it. It's, uh, you know, it's like The Thing and uh, The Shining where a lot of the thrills just become, are uh, inspired by their own, fe- by the characters' own fears and everything. You know, the, uh, p- people die in it, but they do it through uh, kind of their own means, through greed or panicking and paranoia and whatnot. So, like, if there is a monster, he's not necessarily the catalyst for all these events. And just the snowy atmosphere is really well done and the characters... Are uh, well written and entertaining, and it's it's one of my favorite of the old uh, Hammer horror movies, and it's certainly one of the most underrated too. And it's just a really well executed flick.
0: Well, you've made me want to see that. Uh, For some reason or other, I missed it, so I'm definitely going to put that on my um, Netflix queue. The Abominable Snowman. And what year did you say that was released? That was in
1: 1957.
0: In 1957, I guess I wasn't as hooked on horror movies back then because I did miss that. So we've got the thing, The Shining, Ravenous, The Abominable Snowman, and your fifth one.
1: At my fifth one. This is one of the ones that's not necessarily an isolation-based one, but it's it's got plenty of it's got plenty of snow around, and it's got plenty of uh, you know iconic American imagery to have fun with, and that is Gremlins the 1980 i believe 1984 uh Joe Dante movie where it's it's christmas it's christmas time and oh you know, yeah yeah billy pelzer gets the little uh, mogwai gizmo for for a gift but he gets them wet and all the gremlins start coming out and causing havoc around the city and it's it's a really cool creepy fun horror movie you know one of the movies that was actually like too gross for the PG rating and ended up inspiring yeah. the the PG-13 but it the movie is just a fun ride and it's got really awesome practical effects for the gremlins and the monsters and everything and it's got some re- and, and and it's just it's got some really dark humor you know just kind of tearing apart all these clichés like small town America and Frank Capra mm-hmm. Frank Capra imagery and it's got one of the most chilling scenes like you would ever find in a movie that's supposedly you know aimed at kids where Phoebe Cates talks about her father dressing up as Santa and getting stuck in the chimney and like just yeah. thinking about it, it's like oh god where, where did that scene come from like this movie is just messed up and twisted but it's it's a really really fun movie and the sequel Gremlins 2 is even more over the top, but the original is still really good.
0: I forgot all about that film as a, a snowy uh, horror flick and as a chilly thriller, but now that you've mentioned it it's it's uh, perfect for what we're talking about today and and i uh, I'm, I'm going to go go back and see that again because I remember being delighted, more delighted than frightened by the movie and by those little by those little creatures. So what well, about interesting picks, AJ? The Thing, The Shining, Ravenous, The Abominable Snowman, and uh, Gremlins. And now I I get to I get to give my five best, and I'm going to start out because I promised um listeners that I would give just a, sort of a a brief review of The Colony because it's out on DVD today and in fact uh, seeing the colony was what really um, got my juices flowing about doing a show about uh, chiller thrillers so um, I I really did enjoy this and I know it didn't get very many good um, reviews by the critics but for some reason or other it just really got to me and I I thought it was was so well done and as I mentioned uh, earlier the the movie paints a bleak future for humankind because it does deal with another ice age engulfing the earth. And so the survivors have to live underground in these sort of bunker locations and they kind of eke out a meager existence, but food is scarce. So they do have to kind of scrounge around outside and any sign of illness requires quarantine, or worse, and you can guess what I mean by "or worse," and it's always snowing in the icy outside world. You know, AJ, this sci-fi thriller made me almost feel the frosty cold in my bones, and that's one of the things we like about these types of films. It has a dark and disturbing setting and a suspenseful story involving believable characters and and that's what I think is important too in in uh, these chiller thrillers you've got to have some people that you that you really believe because everything is so mm-hmm. bizarre that's happening and uh, some of them i really cared about uh, especially the characters played by Lawrence Fishburne he always brings so much to any movie that he's in. And Kevin Zegers, I remember him from the first Air Bud movie, and I've been kind of a fan. And then Bill Paxton doesn't play a very sympathetic character. But uh, but they, they do fine, all three of them, with their survivor roles. And then there's an actor, maybe you've heard about him. I hadn't before, and I'm not sure that I'm pronouncing his name correctly, Drew Vergever. Is that a name that you recognize, A.J.?
1: No, it's not ringing any bells.
0: Okay, so this may be his his first movie, or, or he may have been in some um, uh, non-English uh, language, language films that we haven't heard about. But let me tell you, he left me breathless. He gave a blood curdling performance as, I'm not going to tell you as what, the worst nightmare ever. And you can kind of yeah, use your uh, imagination on that. But I love the ferocious <laughs> ferocious attack sequences. They they scared me to death. And the chilling scenes of uh, the survivors trudging through the snow. I It was hard to watch at times because it's really quite uh, brutal. But I couldn't take my eyes off the screen for even one second. I was afraid to miss something. For example, there's one scene where our heroes are trying to cross a A decaying icy bridge, while being chased by creatures too horrible to name, and I I didn't necessarily enjoy the end. Ending it sort of disappointed me, but the the movie just held my interest throughout. And I just want to warn listeners that um, be sure to wear a sweater while watching The Colony because no matter how hot it is in the room where you're watching or outside, you'll probably feel like you need to, to bundle up. So, so I am recommending The Colony, and it is out on DVD today. Now, did you happen to get a chance to catch The Colony yet, A.J.?
1: I haven't. I'll have to put it on my list. Sounds pretty good. You know, I'm up for anything with Bill Paxton in it, so... If, the, if even if the movie stinks, hey, there's Bill Paxton in there, so I'll, I'll give it a shot.
0: I I hope that you will do that and then let me know what you're what you think about it. And my second, again, these are not in um, in any order of preference. I I did like you did, just pick the five that I that I thought were the were my top five. And uh, this second one is Thirty Days of Night that was released back in two thousand seven. And I'm sure you've, you've seen that one. And but my husband and I really <laughs> were both frightened while watching that movie because, you know, they're vampire movies. But this one deals with a month-long vampire rampage in snowbound Barrow, Alaska. It looks so creepy, and it's full of these incredibly scary monsters. There aren't any of these romantic vampires, you know, like you see in Twilight and so many other movies. These are just bloodthirsty.
1: They're they're monsters. They are ferocious animals, and I like that about it.
0: Yeah, bloodthirsty eating machines (laughs) led by Danny Houston's... uh, gothic marlowe and danny houston was just absolutely tremendous in that role and of course nothing can stop them the sheriff played by josh hartnett nor the blistering cold the town of barrow just comes across you know cold and desolate and barren which of course made me feel chilled to the bone and even isolated right along with the characters on screen so i don't know how you feel about 30 days of night but i thought it was it was very very well done
1: I enjoyed it, and I even ended up seeing uh, the sequel, uh, 30 Days of Night, Dark Days, which, aside from like a, a pretty cool opening scene, was a pretty forgettable movie, so you don't need to concern yourself with that. But yeah, the first one's pretty good. I enjoyed it.
0: And uh, it's better. I didn't, see the, I didn't see the second one, so uh, I, I can't make any comment about that. But I'm sure you've seen my third choice or uh, the third movie that I'm going to mention, and I believe this is this is one of Nikki's favorites. She might want to chime in on this one. It's Let the Right One In, which was re, uh, released yeah. in 2008, and if you remember, it follows a young vampire, female vampire who meets a sympathetic boy, and she, of course, requires, like any vampire, blood to live, but hey, why can't they be friends? I think that's the top, that's the main question that's asked in the movie, and it's a Swedish horror masterpiece. I call I call it, and it was remade in 2010 with Chloe Moretz in the lead role, and um, titled Let Me In. But I think both uh, versions uh, are outstanding. I did want to share this quote from Joanne Ross's review of the original film, Let the Right One In, because I think she really expressed it so beautifully. Quote, From the opening scene of snow falling against a black starless night onto the ground below where street lamps it with light, the movie creates an atmosphere that's serene and ghostly, quiet and unnerving. We don't usually associate vampires with wintry landscapes, but the brilliant white powdery snow stands in stark contrast to the warm red blood that spilled in the teenage vampire's effort to survive. Unquote. So, so what a, a, a beautiful way to express this uh, particular chiller filler. And my fourth of top five are Uh, chiller-thriller, is Misery, based on a... Wow! Yeah, and released in 1990. Kathy Bates and James Kahn just outdoing themselves as a crazed fan, and the writer she kidnaps and then tortures in an out-of-the-way wintry location. The snowy setting helps Misery come across as beyond creepy, I thought. And you'll be happy at my fifth, The Shining, so you've said everything Ooh, there I think that needs to be said about The Shining. It takes place in this huge hotel closed for the winter. Now, would it be as scary without the snow? I don't think so. But as you mentioned, Jack Nicholson, his performance was tremendous. And he can frighten me whenever he ramps up his weird behavior, no matter in what kind of weather. And he certainly did that in, uh, in The Shining. Now, I think it's time for our main event give me just a few minutes here and i'll find a way to kick it off
1: there you go that's beautiful
0: yeah. aj since you're our, our horror expert um what we what we would like now is for you to pick our very first movie attic headquarters chiller award winners and we'd like you to announce your picks today and the categories are director actor actress cinematographer monster creature scare factor and any other category that you you would like (laughs) and so who are the winners in these categories you're on aj and i promise not to interrupt you until you've announced all the winners
1: All right. uh, Chiller Thriller. For Best Director, we have none other than the man himself, Stan the Man, Stanley Kubrick for The Shining. Yay. All right. And for Best Actor, Jack Nicholson in The Shining. And for Best Actress, Kathy Bates for Misery for Terrifying Me in a Movie that My Dad uh, Let Me Watch a Little Earlier than He Should Have. (laughs)
0: <laughs> what? How old? Oh, I'm interrupting. No, go ahead.
1: Hey, uh, cin- for best cinematographer is uh, John Alcott for The Shining, for just creating those unforgettable shots, especially the famous one of uh, Danny Torrance going through the hotel on his big wheel, rounding the corner, and boom, the two little girls staring, sitting there staring at him. <clears throat> for best monster and creature we have The Thing, because not only can he look like anyone, he can look like the most grotesque monster you could possibly imagine. Like there's a guy who, you uh, could be a guy who's on the hospital bed and you're about to get the defibrillator paddle to bring him back to life and his stomach opens up and teeth chomp your hands off and it is just awesome and terrifying and I love it and for scare factor i got to go with the thing as well for doing so well with its psychological suspense as well as its jump scares and gore effects that were some of the best that have ever been and for special recognition i do have to recognize uh, tales from the crypt the 1972 uh the british anthology horror movie and it and uh, i believe it was the first short in the movie and all through the house with uh Joan Collins is a woman who uh is stalked in her house on Christmas Eve by a killer Santa Claus. So for oh. getting one of the first killer santas off the ground, I got to recognize tales from the crypt. Oh
0: wow. Those are very very interesting <laughs> picks and uh, I'm I want to congratulate all the winners uh, we we have Stanley Kubrick Jack Nicholson, Kathy Bates, John Alcott, The Thing, and we have Tales from the Crypt. Now tell me the, the name of the short film again, from Tales from the but, Crypt.
1: Yep, The name of that short was And All Through the House, and it was actually redone for... Uh, the Tales from the Crypt TV show that HBO did, and it's it's one of the more famous and it was one of the more famous stories from the Tales from the Crypt uh, catalog. appeared in the comics and everything.
0: Wow, I'm going to be uh, I'm going to order that right away. Uh, now it looks to me like if you were to pick then the uh, winner uh, for the best uh, chiller thriller, because you pick The Shining, I pick The Shining, and then you have. Uh, Stanley Kubrick and Jack Nicholson and the cinematographer from The Shining. Um, will you go along with me, and we will name The Shining as the uh, as the first winner of the best uh, chiller thriller from Movie Addict Headquarters.
1: I can go with that. I don't think anyone's going to dispute that. It's it's the king of the chillers.
0: All right. Well, you heard it here. <laughs> Today, um, from horror expert A.J. Hockery, but I think now we ought to turn to the other extreme. Which films do you think are the five worst chiller thrillers and why?
1: All right, and this one was a pretty wide and varied list because, you know, in, in in horror movies, you know, the really great memorable ones are hard to come upon. But there are plenty of awful ones to choose from. So the five worst chiller thrillers, I had uh I had no problem picking these. Uh again, these are in no particular order. Uh one is uh Shredder from the early two thousands. It's just it literally is another lazy, forgettable slasher movie. You know, it's got the cliched characters and everything. It's a, this one has I believe like a, a killer in like a snowboarder's mask or like the ski hat and everything, but yeah, the, the gimmick really doesn't leave an impression. It's just um, just it's just a dull experience, and the same can kind uh, of be said for my uh, second pick, which is Cold Prey, a uh, Nor- Norwegian horror movie, I believe, or at least a Scandinavian in some respect. I, I forget if it's Norwegian or Swedish, uh, but again, it's. It's got it's kind of got that same setup, you know the location, the winter locale is, you know it's it looks pretty good, but there, it's just not up to snuff with the suspense and everything. I know a lot of people like this one, and I'm in the minority on it, and it just didn't do anything for me. <clears throat> uh, next pick is one of the worst horror remakes and I've ever seen, and that is the 2006 version of Black Christmas, uh, the remake of the 70s one. Uh, from director Bob Clark, uh, which which is an imperfect movie, but it did have its uh, uh, thrills and everything. Like, it, it had some genuinely creepy moments. But the remake throws in, like, cookies made out of, like, human flesh, and oh. characters just, like, yelling at each other. And then, like, our villain turns out to be a big, muscly, yellow-skinned wrestler wearing a dress. And it's like, it is just this- <laughs> Just any any pretensions of suspense just go flying out the window. It was just dumb, dumb, dumb. Um, my fourth pick is Wind Chill, which uh, unfortunately it's got someone talented as Emily Blunt in there and wow. as boring of a premise as being stuck in a car and someone's walking around outside and she's yelling for help, and that's your movie. That's 90 minutes of Emily Blunt just screaming for help. <laughs> and I wish it was exaggerating. It really is that uneventful. And it's just one of the most dull movies I've ever seen. And I know that came out around the same time as uh, Penny Dreadful, which is about uh, stuck in a car on the side of the road, and Open Water 2, which is stuck out in the middle of the ocean, and just all of those. That was, that's the trifecta of boring horror movies for that year. And so Windchill, just avoided at all costs. And my fifth pick is actually a TV miniseries, and that's Stephen oh. King's Storm of the Century from the late 90s. Oh. You know, for as good of a job as Kubrick did with The Shining, St- uh, Stephen King himself just wrote one of the most overlong and kind of uh, really underwhelming things he could, possibly could. And it's about, like, this storm and... Uh, Actually, I think this might be a rainstorm one, so I'm not sure if this one counts, because I know it's more kind of rain and thunder. Oh, no, no, wait, no, there is snow in this one, never mind, because I remember, like, there are just plenty of shots of clocks and snow, and if you took out all of those shots, the movie would probably be, like, 45 minutes long. It's just padded out to an unreasonably awful length. I remember this is one of those things that came on two vhs tapes back in the day so when you when you popped in that second tape and you're like oh god this is it this is the ending like it was just a totally underwhelming experience. So, Storm of the Century is my fifth <laughs> pick.
0: Well, those do sound bad. <laughs> I haven't seen I haven't seen all of them, and I think I'm probably lucky that <laughs> I haven't seen all of them. But uh, AJ, for some reason or other, I seem to enjoy most snowy horror flicks, and and it must be all psychological, like you mentioned at the beginning of the show. In fact, I can only think of one. I would put in a worst category oh, I didn't no. my brain there and I go. only could think of one and it's one that you had as uh, one of your top 5 it's that uh, that awful ravenous and even though a lot of time has passed since I saw the movie I still remember its disturbing after effects I didn't like the way it tried to merge dark humor with uh, Cannibalism. I think that's kind of an kind of an impossible task. And you, you mentioned how it was. It took place in a snowbound fort in the Sierra Nevadas during the 1850s. And you talked about Guy Pearce. He's also one of my favorite actors. So uh, I was very unhappy that I didn't care for the film. Um, he was fighting his own hunger. And then you mentioned the cannibalistic killer played by Robert Carlyle. But uh, it was interesting to me that the director, Antonia Bird. Uh, who's a vegetarian like me go figure (laughs) could want to do a movie about cannibalism (laughs) and she called it quote an adventure story a whodunit and a satire unquote but you know i think she just stirred up an extremely unsavory concoction (laughs) that left a very bad taste in my mouth no pun (laughs) no pun intended (laughs) so oh my gosh you know, we only have uh, five minutes left, and we had other questions that we would like to um, have you answer. But I think we're going to have to have another uh, another show uh, about uh, about the topic. Maybe this same time next year, we'll have more of them that we could that we could see and that we could uh, we could talk about. So I'm so sorry that we're almost out of time and AJ I want to thank you you're always so knowledgeable and the descriptions that you give for the the movies they just always pique our interest so thank you so much for being such a terrific guest again today
1: anytime
0: well you know that we'll be we'll be calling on you soon But it's time to wrap things up now. So this is Betty Jo Tucker giving a big shout-out to the folks at Blog Talk Radio for their support and to Nikki Starr for all her help, as well as to our uh, chatters and other listeners. I hope everyone enjoyed the show. I know I sure did. Please come back next time for another spirited discussion about the world of film and check out our film reviews at realtalkreviews.com that's R-E-E-L realtalkreviews.com and you'll find many of um, A.J. Hockery's reviews on um, our website which we're happy to say that's all for now folks let's stay with today's theme and close the show with some scary Halloween music if I can find it here I'm looking I'm almost there it's almost there Okay, gremlins, don't bother my technology. Scary Halloween music. Ah, here it is.